0: Hello, welcome back to Being Black with Camille Smith. Today we are welcoming Sierra Harris. She is an actor currently playing Alana Beck and understudying Zoe Murphy in the first national tour of Dear Evan Hansen. She received her Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in musical theater from the Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. And when she's not performing, she's working on her blog, Queen Made of Light, which I love, which whose purpose is to remind women of their power and how they are fully capable of finding their own light in the darkness. Sierra is a strong mental health advocate and uses her own experiences to share insight about topics such as anxiety, relationships, being an artist, and learning how to love yourself where you are and where you are going. I'm so excited to be talking to Sierra today because I actually am like low-key obsessed with her. I told her before we started recording. Um, and I found her on Instagram and she just Ex- she just exudes this like positive aura that I just really, really liked and took a leap of faith and emailed her and now she's a guest. So I'm super excited to be talking to you and without further ado, Sierra, what does being Black mean to you?
1: Okay, hello. That was a beautiful introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm so glad that you asked me. I'm honored to be talking to you on this on your YouTube. Um, what does bl- being Black mean to me? I feel like recently... I've been able to really define it as this this act of being unapologetic in everything that I do and walking in a form of not being able to take up, like not being afraid to take up space. I never want to be afraid to be myself, to be loud. I never want to make myself small to make someone else feel more comfortable. And I feel like being Black is a conscious effort to not do that. You know what I mean? Like, even though I look different from you in all these spaces that I'm in all the time, I have to make that conscious effort to be like, but I'm not less than, but I'm still as worthy. I'm still as important and I'm going to speak because I know that I am, you know? And it's like that double consciousness of being like, no, I deserve to be here. (laughs) Like, no, I deserve to say what I need to say and to feel the way that I feel. And like, I'm going to be unapologetic about that.
0: Do you have an actual concrete memory of like the first time that you realized that you were black?
1: Yeah, I, it's funny because I feel like this summer I've, I've never like said it in this way that I have, but like, you know, with everything that happened with George Floyd, I'm realizing that so many of us have similar stories of like, I grew up going to an all-white private Christian school and I had like a young white boy like say to me like oh but you're not black like you're an Oreo the way that you talk is like you're you're not black and I was like and that was the first time anybody in my life had ever said something about the color of my skin in combination with the way that I spoke and I never forgot it because it was like oh my god so like I'm, I'm black, but people don't think I'm black. Does that mean I'm embarrassed of being black? Does that mean I'm ashamed of being black? And the answer was yes, because I couldn't stand up for myself because I didn't feel like, I didn't feel comfortable being who I was and especially not having a lot of black people around me. And I think looking back, we were all kind of feeling the same way that we didn't know how to like grab onto each other and be like, oh, we're all. And yeah. how was it actually growing up in your area? The like, right? technically I grew up in a diverse area, but because of the school that I went to, there weren't a lot of black people there. So it didn't really feel that way. I definitely felt like a black chocolate chip, you know, in a sea of sugar cookie. Like it didn't feel very diverse to me at all, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And then like moving out of that area, just growing up in general, did that
1: change at all for you? Yeah, I feel like, you know, in college, when you go away for school, there's just something really liberating about that and being able to be like, okay, I can just start from scratch and be whoever I want to be. I have more maturity and I have more confidence to establish who I am now that I'm older. And luckily I had like Black kids in my class. I have Black kids in Cincinnati. I, I took a, a Black women's history course. Like I was able to really engross myself in people of color, in Blackness and see that Blackness was beautiful and bold and like like oh it was just like so gorgeous to watch people like be like oh my god she's black and she knows she's black and she loves being black like oh i want to be friends with her you know and like being inspired by everybody and seeing people just kind of be like yeah i used to be like you but then i realized that i'm amazing and i don't feel that way anymore and being able to make friends with those kinds of people was really important to me so do you have any advice for your younger self Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like don't be afraid to take up space. You're not invisible. You are so important, you're so valuable. Like somebody somewhere needs to hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think when I was younger, like like what you said, a lot of people feel the same way, but like because it's almost it's not almost, it's very isolating to kind of be the only person that looks like you in a space you rarely, you know, have the confidence to speak up to even a few of the other people that look like you. And I just remember in my class there were maybe like two or three other black girls. There were three or four black guys, but they were in sports. So like in my high school, like sports, if you were
1: athletic, like you were just cool. So right. yeah, <laughs> popular.
0: Separate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even like those two or three black girls, like we just never really spoke to one another.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think when I was going through high school, I kind of blamed it on like, oh, okay, like they're not in my classes. So it's not necessarily as easy to. But like I could have, you know, like made the extra effort to um, It really attributes to like feeling so isolating. So I very much resonate with that advice that you gave to yourself. Um, Thank you. And I want to segue into our conversation for today. So today we're talking about being Black in the fine arts. Um, I am so infatuated with the fact that you are an actress. I think that is so incredibly cool. Um, And I really want to, you know, hear your experiences about being a Black actress. And do you feel that being Black has kind of affected your journey as an actress at all?
1: Yes. So, okay. For, like, background reference, I am... And so I'm an understudy. I used to be an understudy in the musical Dear Evan Hansen. Now I play the role of Alana Beck every single day. But when I first started, I understudied her and Zoe Murphy. And Zoe Murphy is a white character in an all white family. So when I first got the role, I was like, they're going to let me do this. Like they're going to let my chocolate self go on stage with this white family. And like, nobody's going to make, you know what I mean? It was like super, I was so subconscious about how that was going to feel. And I had some, I had so much imposter syndrome about playing that role and being perceived as that role without my color being something that people paid attention to. And like, I always worried, you know, I'm not even the person who plays this role every day. So how are people going to feel when I go on and I don't look like her either? And then, you know, they have to suspend their disbelief a little more than they have to to watch the show. And that was something that took a really long time for me to grow out of. And it wasn't necessarily because I felt that other people were making me feel bad, just like in my head, I was like, the world's not ready for this conversation. Like the world is not ready to see me play this role. Like, I don't know if I feel supported by this. And then I was very lucky that I've been able to go on for that role so many times and I've received really beautiful messages from white people who don't say anything about the color of my skin. And like, I'm so lucky that I got to see you perform that role tonight. Like, I'm so lucky. I'm so glad it was you. And that is beautiful to me because the show is about mental health and mental health doesn't discriminate. We all have anxiety issues. We all have imposter syndrome. We have all of that. And so I didn't feel like I couldn't tap into the role. I Because I was black, you know what I mean? Especially because I was black. I've had, I have so much, you know, a lot of my mental issues comes from being the only Black person in the room or generational trauma of like, you know, feeling like I don't belong in certain spaces. So that fuels my anxiety. And so maybe my anxiety comes from something else, according to this character, but it still is just as potent, just as influential in my everyday life, you know? And so being a Black actor in this white role was like emotionally, a road, like just a journey for me, for myself, to have that acceptance of being like, you're supposed to be here. Like, don't worry about it. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to tell this story. You can tell this story. And as far as being black in theater, I mean, recently we've had so many shows for black people, which is beautiful, but the issue is everybody calling the shots and everybody behind the table is white. So then you get cast in this black show and you feel amazing and you're like, yes, like black people all in the room. And then you realize that like everybody who you have to like say yes and no to are people who don't look like you, people who don't understand your hair, people who don't understand your body. And then it's just like, I don't feel protected or safe in this room. And it creates environments where it's like them against us and then we feel like we're just kind of like shuffling along and like yeah they need us for diversity points they need us because you know black people are in right now but they don't really know how to support us they don't know how to take care of us you know and that's a conversation that's being had right now in a lot of really important Broadway rooms you know people talking about how like Dear Evan Hansen we've had um like racial seminars on how to approach race with like educators in our rooms like everybody's kind of broadway is currently doing the work so that we could go back to a better more safe place
0: yeah so that's actually really interesting you bring that up because i recently saw an article about i'm sure that you watched high school musical before are you yes um and monique came out and talked about how like she wore headbands and i distinctly remember too like i never wore headbands as a kid because I don't know they just like didn't really like work with my hair um but she always had bands during the movie so I was like oh like okay whatever and I never really thought too much about it but for her to come out and be like yeah like they had me on the show but they didn't have stylists you know to style my hair um and kind of you know made me reflect a little bit because it was like wow like you a lot of shows do actively try to have like black actresses and just actresses of color um but like you said they don't actually have those resources you know to make them feel comfortable on their set or wherever they're practicing um and even too, another model that i follow came out and was like yeah like they like have all these black models come in and they're super excited about us being there but they don't have um nipple covers that like are and like small things like that that are like (laughs) small things like that that like you wouldn't necessarily think of right away but it's like those things do matter so do you have like Almost like suggestions, like what would you want to see? Like, what would, if you were casted for a role and you went into that space, like what would you want to see from,
1: I'll say the exec for lack of a better word, like for the people that are running that show? Yeah, I just feel like right now the bare minimum is casting black actors. That's the bare minimum to me. We need, we need black hair designers we need black producers we need black writers like we need people who make because you know the actor we only have so much say in what's happening in the show like it's your show and I get to add a little bit of myself mixed with what you want me to add to so I don't really have a say in the way things go you know like you know and so I think we need Black people having more of a say. We need Black voices. I think that's what we don't have. We have Black bodies in the room, but we don't have Black voices. And that's the problem. And, I, and I've had instances like that. Like in musical theater, we have these really fancy shoes called the Dukas. And for years, so they come in like nude color right but it's nude for white girls and so for years and years and years we didn't even have a color for black girls and we were all wearing that beige color until recently the first time i ever had a pair of tights that were my actual nude color i cried because this girl was like hey so do you want like caramel or do you want chocolate brown i was like wait what she had a whole palette for me of, of colors for chocolate girls to be like oh this is more like you like i was able to find something specific to my skin color in a show and, I, and that was when I was like 21. And mm-hmm. I've been doing theater since I was like 15. Like, so it was just this crazy thing where I was like, I've never seen this before.
0: Mm-hmm. She's like,
1: you've never had this in a show? I'm like, no. And that's because that's money that certain people, money and research that, that producers don't want to spend time on. You know what I mean? Like, why, if you're gonna hire white people to do black people hair, why don't they just do the research? Why don't they learn how to do it? They don't want to, it's an ignorance and it's a fear. So what they do is they look at you and they're like, okay, well, um, you can do that, right? Like, you know, just like, can you like put it down and something like that? <laughs> We're like, yeah, I can figure that out, sure. You know, because they're scared. And instead of being like, hey, what products do you use? Okay, cool, we'll start with this. And then we'll talk about your, your pattern and we'll talk about this, bless you. And I was just like, you know, and they don't wanna do that. And it's, for, it's a fear of being wrong. And I think it's also like in an ignorance and not wanting to go out of your way to understand, you know? And I feel like now with the times that we're in more people are like, okay, explain your hair to me. Explain how you felt uncomfortable in this situation. Like now we're having the conversations that are like decades, we should have been having decades ago. You know,
0: no the the stocking story. Um, my mom bought home, like, my well my shade band aids, and like I was like, I love me too about it, like I too. It and and it's so interesting to me because as a kid it was like oh, okay like whatever like this is a band aid and I didn't really think too much into it because a lot of like the standard is for white people. I didn't think too much into it like whatever it's a band aid like who cares. But like to have something that matches your skin is important, like it just is, Um, whether that be stockings, whether that be band-aids, whether that be like actual like nude bras or nipple covers or panties, whatever they like, it's important to have those things, Um, even if it's not necessarily just from like, uh, like a production standpoint, like how it like look, it will look better. But just like from like a, a personal level, like you just feel more comfortable when you have yeah. actually, you know, match you and they fit you and you can walk into a room and feel just more comfortable doing yeah. I like People don't realize and they're like, oh, well, it's not, you know, worth the money. But it's like if I can get all the actors and actresses, no matter what race they are, to feel comfortable, then they're going to act their best. At least that's how my mind would work. But that's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> people are missing that. Um It just makes you feel like they want you there. You know what I mean? If I know that someone went and found tights my skin color, I'm like, that gets me emotional because I'm like, oh, you want me in the room. You want me to feel comfortable in the room. You know that you had to go out of your way to go find my color because nine times out of 10, nobody in here needs that color. I feel like you don't want me here. You're here because you're like, we needed to put a black girl in the show. So we hired Sierra, you know, it's that makes all the difference. So to pivot a little bit, what got you into theater? Like, why did you start? I love community. Like, I think what makes me happy about theater and what excites me the most about theater is, you know, everybody in this room worked really hard to put on this production. And we all put our heart and soul in this production. And we love this show. And we, have, we all have a shared experience that only everybody on this stage in this room will understand that we've had and and the first time i ever did a musical i just i loved the rehearsal process i loved going i did it in like a summer camp and i loved going every single day learning the songs seeing the the show get better and better and better like i just think theater as an art form is about making people feel less alone it's about incl- inclusivity it's about seeing things that you've experienced in your own on stage and seeing other people experience those things too and i have like all of my like core people are theater people like all the people that I stay up late having long conversations with they're all theater people we all love the same things we all have like a thirst and hunger for understanding life and i like to think we have the best humor like I just think we're like the people too so I just like theater people are like my people
0: yeah <laughs> that just I can I think I personally love when when someone else is passionate about something, like my passion is science, like it's dorky, but like, I just get really riled up and excited about everything that it relates to science and like to be able to see you talk about theater and the way that you light up about it is just really exciting for me, Um, that's a little sidebar. But I want to hear about your blog. Why did you start your blog?
1: Yeah, so I, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's I kind of it's Like a lot of like different steps that led to different things, but the basic step is that I like have always wanted a blog. I really just, I would watch people in middle school, these blogs and these girls taking photos in New York city. And I was like, oh, I just want to write about that experience. Like I'm obsessed with sex in the city. And I loved this idea of like having an advice giving column in the New York times. I just thought that was so cool and and creative and crafty and sexy and I love everything about that um and so in college my senior year I did a really big thing where I I did the big chop and I chopped all of my hair off like right before my senior showcase yeah which is like a really weird time because we're like branding ourselves in New York City we're like trying to get representation and I like had like really short hair like when I did that and I was like is this going to change my look whatever but I had been sitting on the fact I, I had straight hair like I wasn't natural I had relaxed hair and I've been sitting on the thought of it for like a year and a half. Like, and you know, like my friend, like photoshopped a picture of me with short hair to be like, this is what she'd look like. Like, you know, I was like preparing mentally to do it for so long that I just got to the point where I was like, I'm going to do it. And I didn't tell anybody. I told my best friend and like my mom, cause my mom did it for me. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my teachers. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it like the night I did it like Thanksgiving night. And it was like the most emotional cathartic experience that I've ever had with my like self-self. Like it was just like, you know, letting go of like, I always thought that longer hair and straight hair is prettier. And like, this gets me closer to white. This gets me closer to acceptance. And I've had so many toxic beliefs about my beauty that stemmed from my hair and how I felt like my hair was like so important and blah, blah. And it just felt like I looked in the mirror and I was like, this is me. This is what I look like. Like, this is who I am. This is me. Like, I can wake up, spray some water, put some, you know, and this is me, like, not trying to conform to anything. This is really me, like, from like bare bones. And I love that. And I tell this story all the time, but like, I didn't cry until like two weeks later. Like, two <laughs> weeks later in the shower, I cried about it because I was like, I cut my hair off. <laughs> like, I had like that sort of like hit me, like, what I did. Um, but it was good. I needed to do that. But So Queen Maid of Light became, it it was an Instagram page. So I like, I made, I like made a whole extra Instagram separate from my personal one. And I just devoted the entire thing to finding joy. And the premise was, what are things that I'm going to do every day to choose positivity, to choose joy, to choose myself, to get to know myself better, to not try to be somebody else. Like that's how it started. And it started from like this huge act of like, I'm going to do something that's based off of me. I'm not going to ask anybody what they think about me doing it. I'm not going to, you know, hope that everybody says yes. Like this is something that I want to do from me and I'm going to do it and we'll start from there. And it just was the first time that it ever really like came into my own. And Queen Made of Light was this kind of like accountability page for me to do that every day to show up for myself and for whoever was interested. Then I got Dear Evan Hansen and I was still an understudy and halfway through Dear Evan Hansen, they were like, do you wanna do another year on tour as an understudy and at first i was like no because i want to be a lead or i'm going back to new york like i just don't see myself doing that i don't want to sacrifice more time not living in the city whatever um and then of course logistically financial things it was like the financial incentive was worth it it was like you know you're still young you could do one more year out here then they offered me like six weeks of alana and so it turned out like okay i'm gonna stay and then i was like so what am i gonna do for myself out here because tour is a lot of like there are some lonely times there's like you know you have to find purpose as an understudy I don't go on every single day so I had to find something of my own and I decided like okay I'm gonna write this blog like I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna write this blog that I've always wanted to and it's gonna be my baby and it's gonna be my thing Mm -hmm. and I wrote it and it was like nobody really paid attention and I was like that's okay because I love it like I went in it with like this is for me and if anyone cares, I love that. I love that you care. But if you don't care, I really did this for myself. Like, you know what I mean? And so then it turned into a, a blog that my friends and my family look to. Queen Made of Light turned into like my nickname, like my brand. And now I have a podcast, which is essentially like basically verbal form of yeah. Queen Made of Light. So yeah.
0: <laughs> it's cool to hear you say that because... I've always been afraid to, YouTube in general scared me. Like, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. To be honest, YouTube scared me. The concept of creating things scared me. Um, and it's funny because I've always sat on this idea. I've always wanted to talk about what being Black meant to other people, um, mm-hmm. especially given that like I had such a long journey to figure out what it meant to me. And storytelling has been so important to me like my entire life like listening to stories from my grandmother growing up was just like one of my favorite things because you can genuinely feel someone else's feelings and like for me like that's really important but it was december december 21st i literally because i'm very comfortable talking like talking is fine like i i talk too much quite frankly <laughs> but I, I was like, you know what? Like I'm just gonna do it. Like I'm gonna see what happens and hope for the best. And I just posted the video. And I was like, you know what? If anyone watches it, cool. If no one watches it, that's fine. <laughs> like, that's perfectly fine. Like I'm still gonna talk about it like on my personal Instagram page. But like if no one watches it, like, cool. So like here you I just did it for myself and if someone read it, cool. If someone didn't, it, whatever. It's still my thing. Like that's really how I felt about this YouTube channel. But again, even if people watch it. Like I get to meet people like you, and I've gotten to meet people that like weren't in my direct circle, which was so cool for me. Is there anything else that you want the audience to know?
1: Um, subscribe to my podcast. Listen if you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's all I have
0: to say (laughs) okay I'll put um her podcast or Instagram blog all of that in the description box um if you follow me on Instagram I will also put that in the caption whenever I post this actual trailer um but thank you for bearing with me we had a little bit of technical difficulties that you guys probably won't know but (laughs) we we buried buried we got through it Um. But again, thank you so much for talking to me. I really
1: enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks
0: for having me. For those that are watching, thank you for tuning into another video and be back next week for another one. Bye.